Welcome in. This is your open championship live chat. That's right. The next hour is your time. Whatever the world you want to talk about, throw it in the chat. Hit the like button while you're there. Questions, comments, concerns, ownership, fades, whatever. The time is yours. It's brought to you by Jock Market. There's going to be an 8.15 p.m. Eastern time power hour tonight, Wednesday night, all things jock market, probably the biggest market we will ever see or not ever see, but up to this point. And we're giving away a ton of money. It's, it's going to be great. Join us for that. I'm going to jump right into these. Let's, let's not waste any more time because Jay Z, when Jay Z himself steps into the chat, you take the question first and Jay Z wants to know if Xander and a total fate of Xander is over zealous probably jay um you know the thing about xander in this situation is yes he's going to be popular is he going to be more popular than john rom i don't think so at the moment i reran the ownership and again everything you see this is my site it's rickrungood.com everything you see go sign up you won't regret it the i now this morning reran the ownership numbers and I have Xander Shoffley coming in at 15%, which there's really, you know, if he's not breaking into the twenties, uh, there's really no reason to fade him anymore. So I do think it might be a little bit overzealous. And then he has got to know what to do with J money, Jason day. I'm probably a bit more optimistic on Jason day this week. I think experience is not, um, it's not the end all be all, but I like that he has it. He's playing better. The short game, which is usually his best part, that's coming around. I think he's going to tap into it. I think he's pl- going to play well. Clark says, Rick, I don't know if you saw this, but Morikawa told Danny Rappaport, I did see this, uh, that he's been struggling to hit his irons off the firm turf. I was wondering if you think that changes your view on him. Um, the, the short answer is is no. I mean, he is... He's great. There was a, there was a line after that that he was like, "I'm I'll figure it out," or like, "I'm I'm getting better at it." It's just a little like it wasn't. I did not think it was that big of a deal. And even if he loses, I don't even know how we would quantify this. A tenth of a stroke per round off of his baseline, he's still by far head and shoulders the best iron player on planet Earth. So I'm not I'm not nearly as concerned about it. I'm not normally a snob about these things, but hearing British open literally sends me into a nervous breakdown. If it, you, I tend to agree with you, but you, you should probably not be having a nervous breakdown over British open. Um, yeah, like I get it. Uh, you probably won't hear me say it. You'll hear, you'll see it listed as like the name of this because that's what people type in when they search for DFS and, and, betting and stuff like that. So it'll be for, for SEO, it'll be there, but I doubt you'll, you'll hear me say British Open. If you were to pick what American in the field this week is Ben Curtis in 03, I'm thinking it's Troy Merritt 500 to one good form lately. Oh boy. I'm not sure there's going to be a Ben Curtis, but let's, let's go down here. Um, you know, there's first name that popped up to me. John Catlin. I don't know what his odds are, but he wins worldwide. He's an American who plays primarily on the European tour. Um, they don't play always true link style courses, but listen, it's um, he's 6,600 on draftings. I don't know what his outright number is. That's the first name that popped off to me. Could Keith Mitchell do it? Keith Mitchell, you know, winning at Honda, hard conditions, tough grind of a four days. We've seen him tap into ceilings at times. Uh, those would be the first two names that, that pop into my brain, although I doubt um, I doubt we're getting a 500-1 to one winner this week. Clay says, love the content. Thank you. I'm in a nine-man, $75,000 budget, single-entry home league with DK pricing, about 50 guys or so. What is the best strategy in your opinion? Oh, boy. Um Yikes. So you get three more guys and you get $25,000 more in pricing. So eight, 16, 24, you get like three more eight ish thousand dollar guys. If you wanted to go that way, 50 guys, you probably don't need to be too chalky or, or excuse me. You don't need to worry about being too, being too chalky. I would probably go extreme stars and scrubs, 
right? So that would be like a Sam Burns, Lucas Herbert, maybe Alex Noren. And then you can probably have the six best players in the field or the six players that you want. That's the way that I would probably go. Hey, Rick, hope you're well. Thank you. You as well. Curious of what, if any weather impact will have on the lineups as of recording this. So right now, um, I, I just checked it a little bit ago. It looked like we were going to get 18 to 23 mile an hour winds, uh, at least for the, for Thursday. Now the, the caveat is this stuff changes so quickly. You know, the, the Southern coast there in England, I mean, weather you, you snap your fingers and it's like a different season. So I, I'm, I'm, optimistic that it doesn't look like it's going to be wet. It just looks like it's going to be windy and I'm not going to try to, I'm probably not going to try to guess which one will be right, but I would not blame you for making some lineups with all early guys, all late guys, or maybe all guys from like a 90 minute window, just in case weather does play a factor, but I don't think it's a true identifying feature at this point. So far one and done says Lucas trying to decide between Usti Rory Morikawa Hatton, any preference? Would you specifically save one of them for WGC? So I saved Morikawa. I'm in a similar-ish situation for you. You should probably save Rory, assuming you are going to the Tour Championship for Eastlake, although you also have to consider, are you playing with a staggered start? If you are, the secret is Harris English. Yeah, he's the guy that I've been saving because now he's second in the FedEx Cup points. If he can just hang in that top, I don't know, five by the time we get to Eastlake, is that asking too much? He's going to have a, a significant leg up if you're using starting strokes. I would probably run out Usti here, Morikawa at WGC, Rory as in ideally, ideally Eastlake. Yeah, thoughts on McIntyre. So we can look at Robert McIntyre a little bit here. Um, he is a uh, kind of one of these raw Europe. I, I think his talent is raw and he is uh, capable of popping up. I think that he is more volatile than many of his peers, but I like him. <clears throat> hey dude says Aiden. Hey, how many players would you recommend having in your pool of 150 lineups? Also using the tools on your website, what would you recommend setting the max player exposure at? So a lot of this is really, um, personal choice. You know, the, the, the max exposure is, is going to be determined by, um, how risk reward you want to be. Right. So if, if you want to get into a situation where you want to have a small core of golfers, you're going to be uh, much more riskier than others. If you want to have a larger core, obviously it's, it's more likely that you get something headed in the right direction, but who knows if, if that's actually going to uh, pan out for you. So I like to keep a small core and then I probably put my max ownership at like 40%, but that's just me. There's probably no right answers. Tim says far best stats database and golf. Oh, thank you. This week with higher volatility because, well, it's Royal St. George's. Would you expect most really big scores might come from leaving large numbers, large dollars on the table than normal? Yeah. I mean, last week, literally the optimal lineup was $50,000 in which it, uh, I, I mean, it's probably been months since that has happened. It is much more likely that the optimal lineup comes from, I don't know, 47 to 49,000. And some of these scrubbier guys that you've never heard of finish inside the top 10 and unlock a lot of different things. The highest percentage player probably being in the optimal is probably Sam Burns just because of his upside and his, um, and his, and his salary. So even if, even if Sam Burns finishes like 25th, he opens up a lot of different options for you because you can probably get Rom and Brooks or whoever else that you want. So yes, I'm always a, an, a, a, a big proponent of leaving money on the table. How do you start to weigh, so, uh, weigh this being someone's first start at the Open? Specifically, does it make you skeptical about Morikawa, Hovland, and or Scheffler? Just a little bit. I'm not nearly as um, bearish on those guys, to be quite frank. In fact, I've bet Victor Hovland at 40-1. to 1. I think there's a really good chance he wins this golf tournament. A couple of things. These guys are just different. They're, they're very much built different than the other young guys. Or like, remember, golf has changed so quickly in the last five years. We're using history that's five plus years old, 10 plus years old, 20 plus years old. And being like, you have to have experience. Not really, man. You know, you used to have to, uh, you know, pay your dues for a couple of years on the PGA tour before you could start contending and winning. Not anymore. These guys are really, really good. Hovland, an excellent ball striker. Um, what I will note, and I, I I'm sure I've noted this at some point in the week, Hovland's short game is much improved. It might not be good, but he is now a zero around the green player, which you can see he basically plugs the, the, the hemorrhaging and the putter. Similarly, just it is improved since the start of 2021. 
and we know he's one of the best ball strikers out there. So yeah, I'm um I'm pretty bullish on on all of those guys. I, I worry a little bit about Scotty Scheffler because of how how high he hits it, but that's about it. Could you do a deep dive between Spieth and Brooks? Yeah, man. I mean, y- both of these guys are going to be phenomenal, right? I-, I think there's a really interesting narrative around Bo- Brooks for the casual golf fan that he's not playing well. That is um, not the case. Three top five finishes in his last four. Two of them are major championships. You could argue missing the cut at the Masters, not that big of a deal. He played literally hurt. Missed the cut to Byron Nelson, whatever. Uh, Paul Meadow was almost a warm up for the U.S. Open. He looked like he didn't even want to be there. Like, I really, really love the way Brooks sets up for this. He's just got all the metrics in the world that you would want. The only thing that concerns me is not a, not a very good butter, putter on bent, but seems to find a way to will the ball into the cup. And then Spieth, you know, Spieth is probably like I don't know how to describe this. If you, I think he might be. I don't know how to say this. He's not the favorite, but I think he could be, or he should be. You know, he is since the start of 2021 has actually been better um, than John Rom in terms of strokes gain total. Now it is very, very close, and we're splitting hairs there. But if we just sort everybody in this field by strokes gain total, Guido's number one, only eight rounds. Spieth is number two. Rom is number three, and it's very, very close. But you combine that with his creativity around the greens, the grind mentality the open championship experience. I love both of these guys. So I don't know if that helped you at all, Craig, but um, let's rock and roll. Chris says, hey, I'm new to golf DFS. Woo, baby, welcome. I'm curious if pairing matters, like who plays with who? What do you do with this info? Um, So there's probably not enough data on this, meaning that you, uh, I mean, I have it all somewhere. They they put these guys in in group numbers, but I, I haven't parsed through it as much because last time that I did, they don't play together that that much, right? So it's it's hard to be like, wow, did he play poorly because he was playing with someone he doesn't like, or did he play poorly because he was having a bad day? So um, I think there are a couple of situations, maybe in like showdown, I wouldn't be a, a against deploying guys in the same group because sometimes they start heading in the right direction uh, together. They can build off each other's momentum. Players talk about that a lot, but it's also a double-edged sword because if they start going in the wrong direction, that group loses momentum things go sideways, but uh, I wouldn't mind it for showdown. I think it's probably thinking too much about it. Um, otherwise happy Gilmore is here, man. All the celebrities are here. Let's talk bets. Scheffler, Hovland and Harris English. Anyone pop out over the others? Key stats. Thanks as always. Yeah. Mentioned Hovland, like him a lot, already bet him. Scheffler. I like worried about his ball flight. Harris English is kind of interesting. Um, and I don't know exactly what his, what his odds are at the moment happy. But if you look at his draft Kings price, it's, it's, it's a little disrespectful. I think, you know, $7,300 for a guy who just won the travelers finished third, the U S open. And remember we were talking about at the Palmetto, he turned back into the 2020 version of himself, uh, which was very, very good and well-balanced. Now he hasn't played an open championship in, I guess, four years because one year there wasn't even, we didn't play it last year. So it's been four years since he's teed it up at this event. So I worry about that, but this is a pretty disrespectful price at 7,300. I would compare his outright numbers to the rest of the guys in this range and see if anything sticks out there. Cause he might be a really good value. History tells us that there will be four to five euros in the top 10 of the leaderboard. Um, and then Denver Timmy says, who do you think those euros will be? I think I mentioned Norin at some point. Um, I would not be surprised to see Ian Poulter up there. I wouldn't be surprised to see Maddie Fitzpatty. Did you guys, did you guys hear that? Somebody emailed me and said, can you call him Maddie Fitzpatty for me? So there you go. Maddie Fitzpatty, um, $7,900 on DraftKings. I would not be shocked at all. Right. Just, just missed the, or lost in a playoff last week, the Scottish open. He's playing well, has good open championship history, uh, a little bit further down the board. I still think we don't know, um, much about Garrick Higo. I'm, I'm sure that's, that might not be the, the, the true European that you're looking for. He's South African. Oh, let's see. Um, Herbert, Lucas Herbert, I could see being in there for sure. Playing hot right now. Four consecutive top 20s across uh, both the European Tour and the PGA Tour. Let's go. TJ wants to know, do you think it's okay to have all of Burns English Burger? Oh, interesting. In the same single entry lineup. 
if I'm getting different in another spot, yeah, that's fine. So that's, I think that's the argument. There's a really good argument to be, to, to be made that those three golfers are the most mispriced golfers here. Uh, Berger has plenty of winning upside. We know I already talked about English already talked about Sam Burns. The other guy that you could argue is pretty mispriced is, is Jordan Spieth because he's 9,700. And there's a lot of guys that frankly have not been better than him and do not have better open championship history who are more expensive. So there's a case to be made that the three that you list TJ are the three misowned guys now or the mispriced guys. Now they're going to be very, very popular. So the fact that, you know, you need to get different in other spots is certainly uh, half the battle. So yes, I think that's fine. And it gives you like a really optimal build to start. And then you can kind of work your way from there. Ryan says, let's get that money, Rick. I agree. Let's get that money. How much weight should I put on the fact that the last two times the open was played at Royal St. George's Sergio Garcia has been inside the top 10, uh, probably zero. It's been what 10 years and 20 years, nine years and 18 years. So it, I don't, I don't mean that to say that Sergio cannot finish inside the top 10, but I'm not taking, um, history that is that old, especially when, uh, conditions are, are likely to be different. Sergio Garcia is a vastly different version of himself. I, I, I am not going to use that. Rick, love the content. Thanks, Jeff. Any strategy for a 15-person, you guys come up with some great leagues, 15-person DK single-entry winner-take-all home league. I noticed chalk always seems to be amplified for sure. How should I view ownership? So that is not um, just in your home game, but it's in, in a lot of single entries in, in general. So like, here's a good example, Jordan Spieth. I have him about 26%. This would be ownership for a million, a million milli maker situation. Jordan Spieth might be 40% owned in a single entry. He might be 50% owned in a uh, home game, so to speak. So I think what you need to do is you are uh, much more encouraged or rewarded to fade the really chalky guys. So if it's not Spieth, Maybe you go with Xander. I have him coming in 10% less. Maybe you go with Louie, just a small pivot there. Maybe you go with Morikawa. I just think you're encouraged to not go that direction. <laughs> Is my Catlin DFS loyalty finally going to be rewarded? I'm not sure, but I did mention him, so he's not bad. Um, hey, Rick, how's it going? I want to go with Reed, but I feel Cantlay's the better option. Reed, uh, to me, hasn't had a top 10 since the Memorial Thoughts. So sure, but I, what doesn't he have like nine consecutive top twenties at major championships? I mean, he has been absolutely insane at majors. Let's, let's, let me just pull this up real quick. Um, so Patrick Reed and we'll do, uh, let's get this out of here. We'll do masters. We'll do the, did I, do I have it called the British in here? No, of course not. Open championship. The Open Championship, PGA Champ, and the U.S. Open. I believe I have it. Yeah. So, all right. So, not all of these have strokes gain data, but look at this one, two, three, four, five, six, seven consecutive top 20s. Wow. I am very good at remembering things. So, Patrick Reed, seven straight top 20s. Um, in, in, a, in an event like this and a lot of major championships, major championships really fall into his skill sets, which is why he's kind of a, this big game hunter when things get more difficult, when, when the best players get together, because he's kind of this short game specialist. And that's really, really what, what, what plays well. So, um, I don't think you should be all that concerned about Reed's recent form. I have no problem with you running him out there. Rick getting pumped for the British Open. Oh boy, you're gonna make a lot of people upset. Who would you take out of Berger, Finau, and Scheffler to finish best? Not DFS related. I will take. Um, oh man, I just lost my spot. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I just I just lost my spot. So um, I can see the question here: Berger, Finau, or Scheffler? It's not great. I would probably rank them. Um, Finau, Berger, Scheffler. Nah, Berger. Uh, yeah, Finau, Berger, Scheffler. No, Berger. Burger, Finau, Scheffler. I don't love it. I don't know what happened to my 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 comments. So hopefully I didn't miss too many. Um, let's see. Fowler or Norin? Says Joe. Oof, man. We can compare the two, and we can compare them since the start of 2021. I mean, my heart kind of says Norin. Uh, Fowler has not really done enough for me um to, to sell me on that yet so let's do fowler uh 
and let's do Norin. And let's just kind of compare these guys. So they've played a similar number of rounds. Norin's played four more. Norin's been better off the tee. That's scary for Fowler. Norin's been better on approach. That's scary. Norin's been slightly worse around the green, pretty significantly worse around the greens, but still gaining. And he's been way better as a putter. I think you have to go with Norin here. I know that Fowler's played well in like two of two in a row or three out of four or something like that. But Norin's also got great open championship experience. I think you have to go there. All right, let me do this um, real quick. Let's talk about jock market. So not only are they uh, hopefully the proud sponsor of this video, maybe just the sponsor of this video, not sure how proud, but this is stock market DFS. This is where you can bid with real money or you can get into a free contest to win real money on shares of golfers and other athletes. This is tr This has been attempted before. You're probably like, Rick, I've heard of this before. You probably have, but not jock market because all those other ones failed. This one's doing a lot better. It's succeeding. It's really well done. Um, essentially, right now, until until about nine o'clock Eastern time tonight, you can bid on shares of golfers. Then those shares are allocated tonight. And then the live trading begins. So you can like when Rory goes out and makes double on the first hole or like plays his front nine at three over on Thursday morning, maybe you go buy some Rory McIlroy shares and see if he can go really low for you. I have the data on rickrungood.com. It's free. You can download every single cash market that's ever existed. So you can see, for example, Lucas Glover last Wednesday was $5.50. He won the tournament. So that gave him a $25 payout. So he made $19.50 uh, profit per share that you had on Lucas Glover. And you can see a lot of these returns from guys where it's only two, three, four, five dollars a share to get in. You can get as many or as few shares as you want. We're giving away a hundred dollars tonight. We are also there's also a $50 deposit bonus if you use the code Rick. So lots of free money to be given away. And I imagine it is going to be pretty spicy this evening. That is Jock Market. I love it. Oh, this is a good question. Hey, Rick, what's the sleep schedule for you this week? Oh boy. It's so it's going to be ugly. Um, because this, this is the hardest day. Wednesday's the hardest day because I'm still on American media time, right? So I'm still doing CBS sports obligations, uh, that are for viewers here in the States. And then at 1 15 AM Eastern time tonight, it's going to switch over to basically London time or yeah, basically London time. And I will be on CBS sports HQ for tournament coverage. So the plan is to nap later. Uh, I'm trying to work in some naps, trying to acclimate the body, trying to, uh, live on coffee for the next couple of days. Cause it's going to be really wonky. So if I send out crazy tweets at 2am, you know, what's going on, who are some first round leader, uh, candidates. So there's a couple ways we could do this. We could always go to the Holy grail. We can always load everybody in the field. We can always look at their round one numbers and then try to compare to guys who are, um, you, you know, going off early. That seems to usually be the case, right? Receptive, uh, more so in the morning. But uh, in terms of first round leaders, first John Rahm is uh, pretty significantly the best player in in first rounds. You're not going to get a great number on him. Patrick Cantlay as well. Trying to find you some some values. I mean, Ricky Fowler historically in his career has been really good in round ones, 123 of them. And maybe he's starting to turn it around. He's a guy who can get a hot putter. I would not mind that. Christian Bezadenhout, again, another hot putter type of guy. That's kind of the way you have to be a first round leader, right? You got to go out, gain three or four strokes on the putting surfaces and see what happens. So I would not mind that at all. Guido is uh, gaining strokes everywhere, says... Kyle. Yeah. Guido's a, I, I've seen a lot of questions about him. I'm not, I'm not sure we know a, a lot about him, right? I have eight measured rounds in my database. He's gaining strokes off the tees, gaining strokes on approach. He's, I mean, he's been great. He's been phenomenal. Um, it's definitely too small of a sample, but that doesn't mean it's, it's wrong for him, right? He might be this player, but it is a very small sample size. I'm not getting too excited. If you want to try to be early on him, this is certainly the time to get in. Brian says, Rick, I'm pumped. I love it. Me too. I kept getting a few 6K guys uh, to show up in my model. Keegan Bradley, Chris Kirk, Taylor Gooch. None of you mentioned. Uh, what are your take on those? So I imagine your model that you're running, Kevin, is, is, is pretty significantly ball striking based, I would assume, because you're talking about guys who are usually good approach players. I think that's fine. I would, I'm actually a bit partial to Taylor Gooch. He's a guy that is definitely underrated and undervalued. Peers love him. Uh, doesn't get as much love around here 
I'm big, big fan of Taylor Gooch. Rick, you the man. Love the content. Thank you. Is it dumb to leave 3,000 on the table? No, go do it. Ryan Palmer has a great track record at opens in the past, and after his finish last week, do you consider him a really good play? I consider him a good play. I don't think he's a really good play. I mean, he hasn't been great up until the Scottish Open uh, last week, but he is usually solid. I think he has like four 30th place finishes, like exactly 30th at the Open Championship. Um, and compared to guys like Rafa Cabrera-Bello, Patty Harrington, even a Kevin Kisner, I do prefer him. So I think he's a good play. I wouldn't say he's a really good play. Pick two. I usually hate these questions because I have no idea what this is for. So this will be the last one that I answer like this. I'll say Reed and Norin. Rick, I'm having an Arnold Palmer spiked in your honor. Thank you. Um, yeah, Richard Bland. I've gotten a lot of questions about him as well. I'm not there on Richard Bland. You know, it took him, what, 500 European tour events to finally break through. He is very much soaking in the opportunity to hit the opening tee shot this week. I do not want to speak for any player in the field, but feels more like this is a um, a final destination, a, a a a an opportunity to have this great experience as 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 more as much as it is a it's not a mile marker, right? He's not he's not just going to keep flying. <clears throat> the exact same question about Ricky versus Norin from somebody else. Jeez, oh man, how do you? determine how are you able to determine ownership percentage does dfs sites leak that no don't go spreading that rumor or anything uh no th so over the years uh, a lot of people have been able to uh try to project ownership and it's getting better and it's getting more efficient obviously and this is my take on what i think it's going to be it's not going to be this and this is certainly um you know, I'm only listing one number. It's going to be contest dependent. This for the 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 projected ownerships I put out are for uh, essentially like a millionaire maker, something with 150 max entries. And basically, you know the popularity of some golfers. You know, kind of the natural builds that people are going to make, and and uh, you you start assigning numbers to people. I think it's going to be really tough for Glover this week. Um, you know, the win last week snaps a streak of over 10 years, and then he's got to make the quick turnaround trip across seas, I, I would be a little bit worried about that. Man, as much as I love Hovland, uh, the question is, uh, can't lay or Hovland straight up? It still might be can't lay. Outside of that five rounds, or, or excuse me, six events, I think it was, where he struggled with the putter, he has been dominant. I think that's a, I think that's a good enough word because he won at the Memorial. He won before that. And outside of this stretch right here in which he lost six straight events with the putter, he's been phenomenal. So I still think it has to be Cantlay. Saved a lot of studs for one and done. Who is the play this week? JT, Rom, Xander, Brooks, or Rory? Depends a little bit on your positioning. Xander. What time are you getting up to watch? Uh, I'm probably not going to sleep. So here it starts at like 1030 or something like that. So then, uh, TJ, what's your sleep schedule look like? Yeah. Uh, lots of naps and not much sleep. What do you think of Hatton over Bryson? Yeah. So this is kind of interesting. Uh, Bryson <laughs> is an enigma and I, and I think he's going to be very hard to figure out for this week, especially because, uh, he is uh, by design, very, very volatile. I'm concerned about kind of this number right here. From 50 to 125 yards, he's 199th on tour. From 100 to 125, he's 118. I, I think that when you're just a little bit off at Royal St. George's, you rack up points, excuse me, strokes very, very quickly. So I'm, I'm concerned about that. Can we do a matchup between Sink and Richard Bland? Sure. So the head-to-head -head matchup tool, I'm not actually, I'm not even sure this is going to work. I don't even know if I have any rounds on Bland. I might, I might not, I might not have Bland in the database. Oh, maybe I do. This can't be that many rounds. It might be, it might be one round or two rounds. I, I wouldn't, I would not trust whatever this says. Yeah, this is, this is two rounds, I think for Richard Bland. So I'm, I don't, I don't have enough data to, to run that one for you. Yeah, Bazaden Hoth gets the ball in the cup um, kind of a lot of different ways. One of them is just short game, magic beans, putting style stuff. Um, this should be one of the better spots for him. Very well seasoned on the European tour. 
If you had to go 100% on a player and 150 max, would it be Herbert, Morikawa, Berger, or Burns? God, this is scary. Uh, the I think the answer has to be Burns, right? I mean, because if you're going to go all in on a guy, it has to be a guy that is of incredible value to you, uh, in which Sam Burns you know, on paper is. Uh, he is mispriced by about $1,000. So not only does he give you the the access of him being mispriced and maybe he goes out and finishes inside the top 25 but if if you had 150 lineups of any guy at $6300 uh you can do whatever you want right you can still get a lot of herbert you can still get a lot of morikawa you can still get a lot of burger and you can get a lot of studs as well so i think the answer has to be sam burns hey rick you're my favorite pga content creator thank you um smash the like that's a good idea at this moment, is there any specific tee times you're mar- mar- targeting more so than others? No, not at this point. There's a super chat here from Bill. Bill, thank you very much. He says, new viewer here, so not sure if this has been asked before. How many rounds of golf would you say you play a year? Um, <laughs> so I try to play like twice a week. So if I can play twice a week, call it 40 weeks a year, that's 80, which I know is a lot. And that's the goal, but I live in a place where I can play year round and, um, and I can love it. So yeah, that's, that's what I play. Thank you very much for the super chat. I will not be playing, uh, this week. Rick, does your website have a list of greens with the biggest courses was going to make a model of the top lag putters on huge courses with sloped greens. Yeah. So you can do this a lot of different ways, I guess. So you could always choose, um, any, set of courses or tournaments that you want, or you can sort by the large greens in which you'll kind of see uh, the list of courses with large greens. So I think I have it set at like seven, that might be 6,500 square feet or more, something like that, where it it, it is a, a large green. I really like Nivet Neiman this week as a low owned pivot. So do I. Yes, I am concerned about the around the green game as you are, which is what you allude to because he's not very good there, but the piercing ball striking ability. The trajectory is always very, very valuable here. Although actually look at this. I forgot that I had around the green clip or at large greens clicked. He's much better around the green when he has more green to work with, (laughs) but in general, he's not very good. Hoffman getting slept on at a low price. Probably. Would you fade all players projected to be above 20% owned this week? No. Let me see who that would be. So that would be, as of right now, that's just for me, Spieth and Rom. <clears throat> Excuse me. No, I wouldn't. Um, because you can differentiate somewhere else. But I would say that, especially in single entries, you should probably be fading a lot of those guys. Uh, it's just a weird week. Can you give your 6K guys for when they win or top five? Uh, you would say I'm not surprised. Sure. I think that uh, Herbert would be one. Uh, Palmer would be another. Burns would be another. That's probably it. That's probably the list. I like to think when Rick looks to his left, he's looking to see what Mina has to say. It's true, but that would actually be left and down. She's in, she's on Slack right here. So if I'm looking left and down, I'm probably reading what she's typing me. Uh, she hasn't said anything for a while, so I guess I'm good. Uh, if I'm looking left, I'm reading the comments <laughs> because it's on that screen. <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot of questions about Lucas Herbert. Let's go fire it up. Rick, it always feels like course history gets overrated. Um, but this week, Phil, DJ, and Ricky all not getting that much love from big golf people. What up with that is what that question says. Well, um, the Phil magic, I think, is kind of interesting, although I think most people think he probably spent it all at the PGA Championship. Now, that's kind of linksy, and he hits it pretty far. I don't, I don't mind Phil. Um, DJ, I just think, hasn't played well, right? We've been waiting six months for him to kind of flip the switch. And then Ricky... It's been two good weeks. I need to see a little bit more, but that's me. Thoughts on Rose? He's being held up by toothpicks in air. That's what I think. It's all, I think putting regression is coming for 
him in a big way. What is the best low owned player to lock into all your entries? Okay, so let me think about this. Um, <laughs> I have Hovland at 7.3%. I would not mind that one single bit. Bryson's also at seven and a half percent, which is kind of scary. Um, how about Cam Smith is kind of interesting. No, he's not. Forget I said that. Don't. No, he's not. He's not all that interesting. Alex Noren, that's probably too risky though. So I think the combination of guy that's not as risky plus low owned plus not that expensive, so you can kind of work around him. I think the answer is Hoplin. A lot of Palmer questions. The safest option with the highest upside. That Those two things usually don't go together, Ricky Pickle. Um, or is that Ricky Picky? No, I think it's Ricky Pickle. Fowler, Grace, Robert McIntyre, Lucas Herbert, Ryan Palmer. Oh, boy. Um, it might be Grace. I mean, his win came in Puerto Rico, a little windy situation. Uh, plays well at Open Championships. Just played well last week, right? I mean, the answer to floor plus upside, which doesn't really exist, is probably Grace. Hey, Rick, thanks for the content this week. Does the challenging rough give you more hope for Bryson to play well? Yeah, so this is kind of an interesting situation with the rough. So rough at uh, Royal St. George's is mostly fescue. Really wispy, tall stuff, like knee-high, right? But... And when it's dry, that's not really much of an issue. These guys swing so hard, they rip right through it. They, they fire it all over the place. Um, but it's been really wet there the last couple of weeks or so. And there's kind of this uh, grassy underbelly, apparently, that's growing uh, at, the base of, at the base of these wisps. Which, yes, to answer your question, Chris, if it's playing more like thick rough, that would be better for Bryson. Um, now it still leaves a lot of concerns around the greens for me, right? Where I think I've said this a bunch of times this week, his, his, his proximity from some of these short ranges is like 22 uh, feet on average on the PGA tour. That's fine. You just putt for, you just putt for birdie from 22 feet. Um, here at Royal St. George's, it probably rolls off the green and rolls into a pot bunker or rolls you into a really situation, a really bad situation. So yes, uh, I would be a bit more optimistic with, with the rough stuff, but I still am really, really worried. Hey, Rick, who would you pick to either win or place the highest that is outside the top 50 in official world golf rankings? Take price and odds out of it. You guys come up with the wildest stuff. I like Norrin and Grace a lot. Yeah, without pulling up the official world golf rankings, um, I like those guys too. Mean, mean Mall says, been a subscriber for over a month. Thank you. Appreciate the insight and your music taste. That's non-existent. Uh, thoughts on choosing between Tringale, Bradley, or Glover. That's kind of interesting. Let's just look at that because those are, uh, you know, Tringale, I, I probably have not talked about all week long, and that is probably a mistake on my part. So Tringale, Glover, or Bradley. Let's look at these guys. And I'm going to try to close the uh, Bradley, try to close the frame up here to... January 1st, 2021. So let's just see here. So yeah, Tringale has been the best player. I like that he is much more well-rounded, right? We know that Keegan and Glover have a flaw, the flat stick. Um, uh, Tringale is much more across the board, a pretty good player. I I think I like Tringale a lot. And I know I haven't, I know I'm just bringing this up on a Wednesday afternoon, but um, yeah, that that's, that's certainly a good spot. I don't get the Burns love. I mean, I see the price, but his history at majors is not ideal. Seems like a trap. It might be a trap, right? And and let's be clear. Um, one major he withdrew after like five holes with a back injury. And you could argue that's because he was playing poorly and he withdrew or the back injury made him play poorly. The other one, he missed the cut at the US Open by a shot, which uh, is that that big of a deal? Right. So I'm not as worried about that. The upside is he's one on tour. He should probably have a couple more wins. Uh, he's played well at difficult golf courses and the price. So I, I, I get it, right. You don't have to plan. There's, there's, there's a lot of other options. Lots of the same questions. So I'm just going to keep rolling. Um, let's talk about Justin Thomas. Cause there was like six of those in a row. So yeah, JT, 
you know, when I when he was playing, um, when we were kind of all in on him at the Players Championship, he was he was kind of trending in that direction. He was laying the blueprint, which is something he tends to do. I I'm not sure I see that same blueprint blueprint right now. The fact that over his last four measured events on the PGA Tour, he's only gained like in total three strokes on approach is a little bit worrisome. And that's something that since his win hasn't been all that good. And that's his weapon. So I, I tend to think that JT shows us it's coming and I'm not sure I see it. So I'm like a four out of 10 in terms of excitement. Are Finau and Cantlay among the most mispriced guys? Um, no, but they might be like sixth or seventh on that list. Who projects over 20%? I only have Spieth and, and Rom right now. It's probably going to end up being more than that. Oh, boy. Any any love for DJ? You know, I, I'm not going to have DJ this week. He, he made the fades list. I'm worried about that. I'm scared about it. But I just think that it's one of these situations where we're waiting six months for him to flip the switch and he hasn't flipped it yet. Jared says, hey, Rick. Uh, oh, best PGA content, hands down. Thank you. Best pick under 8,100. Man, okay. Maddie Fitzpatty might be that guy. I'm pretty partial to Neiman. Or there, there's a okay. There's a kind of uh, I, again a guy I haven't spent a lot of oxygen on. There's a really good case for answer this week. I think so. He is um, outside of Tory Pines, which he should not have played well at. He's been phenomenal. Like look at this, piling up top tens, gaining strokes everywhere. And he was not going to play well at Torrey Pines. We knew that was coming. So I'm not worried about that. The other thing is this course is pretty short and it's actually 22 yards shorter than in than the last time we had it in 2011. So I, I actually think the answer might be pretty good. Um, Bill says, uh, Bill with another super chat. Thank you very much. Took Brooks this weekend. Gotta be honest. I don't like his interviews. He sounds like a tool. Does anyone else on the tour give such defensive answers? Unfortunately, a lot of guys do. Uh, Bryson does as well. Brooks is... That's part of the Brooks thing, right? That's what he does. That's that. Then he uses that like, oh, people think I'm annoying or people think I'm defensive or people think I'm a tool. Let me go win a major championship. That's all part of the shtick. So I would not, I would not be too concerned about that. That's, that's what he does. Yeah. Let's do a deep dive on fee now, because I think that is, um, I, he used to be a free space in every single in every single um, major championship. Good news is he's probably not going to be that highly owned. The bad news is uh, the best part of his game, he has lost strokes uh, off the tee in two straight. Now that was a couple of weeks ago since we saw him at the Travelers Championship. I assume he has got it, it figured out. I, I think with uh, the Open Championship history, which is no finish worse than T27 in uh, four trips, I think it's it's worth it's worth something. Um so I'm I'm gonna try to get a little leverage on Tony Finau. Hey Rick, are you willing to take some more risk with players this week due to volatility that can happen at this course? Yes, there are a lot of things that golfers cannot control this week. I think that you should be leaning into that. Russell Henley seems to find himself in lineup in optimal lineups often. Do you like him at all? So uh, very good ball striker. I think I showed this a couple of weeks ago. He started to. Um, it's good that he's getting himself in contention, but he has been playing himself out of every single Sunday. Now he played better uh, last week at the John Deere. Now three straight top twenties. I think he's only seventy, yeah, seventy two hundred bucks. Yeah, I don't mind that. Very astute people with the uh, the rough questions. I've talked about that, so I'm going to skip those. But very good job. Any amateurs stick out? Uh, Yuxin Lin. Uh, I think he's playing with Rom. Uh, he's playing with two big boys, Rom and somebody else. Uh, would be the amateur that sticks out to me. More likely to finish in the top ten, Morikawa or Reed? Wow, good question. It might be Reed. Morikawa could go sideways here, right? If the putter really leaves him and he loses seven strokes again, or something like that, Reed is Reed's built for major championships. He is. Go look at his. Go look at the results. So, um, I think it's got to be Reed. Any thoughts on, oh, I've talked about that like a hundred times. 
A lot of the similar questions here. Hey, Rick, who is your favorite American, Englishman, and Australian? So if, it, if it's not odds indicative, it's probably Brooks, Maddie Fitzpatty, ah, Day. That was tough. There's a lot, but that's tough. Can you run a, run a model and focus? Wow, I can't believe it took this long for somebody to ask about a model. Yeah, can you run a model and focus on sand saves, bogey avoidance, scrambling, and strokes gained around the green? who are at least average ball strikers. Oh, okay. That's pretty tough. So a lot of these are going to overlap right around the green and you're scrambling and stuff. So here's what I'm going to do for you. We'll do 36 rounds. We'll do sand saves. So I don't, I, I, I don't want to put too much on any single one of these. So we'll do sand saves and scrambling 10 each. We will do now bogey avoidance. Um, I think I have bogey avoidance, right? Maybe it's on the list for what's coming next. So I'll do, I don't have bogey avoidance yet. I'll, I'll, I'll add that, um, around the green. Again, I don't want to do too much there because that's already factored into a 10 there. So we have 30 on the short game stuff. Um, I'll do actually, let's do 20 on each of them because you were asking to really weigh that. And then who are at least decent ball strikers. So let's do 10 there, 10 there. It leaves us with 20 left. Ah, we'll just do. 20 on approach and 20 are off the tee. And we'll see who these players are. <laughs> Jordan Spieth, Patrick Reed, Terrell Hatton, Abraham answer, Patrick Cantley. There's your top five. Corey Connors, John Rom, Keegan Bradley, Harris English, Paul Casey. Those are your uh, next five. And yeah, that kind of makes sense, right? Short game players who are at least decent ball strikers. Yeah, that that's a pretty good list. <clears throat> Did a deep dive on Guido earlier. Uh, rewind top fade of the tournament, and this will certainly burn me. Bryson, he's probably gonna win by six now. So, okay, Jason Scrivener. Um, so I did a little write up. I gotta find this. Let me see if I can pull this up real quick. So, I do uh, every single week. I, as I'm like just going through the week, I will just take all these little nuggets that I find and I will put them in an email and I will send them out to subscribers on, um, on usually on Wednesday mornings. And I think I had some Scriv notes in there just like really, yeah, here it is. So I like, I just like random stuff that doesn't pop up. I throw it into this newsletter. You can subscribe to it. I tweeted it out at some point. He's 130 in the official world golf rankings, 14th on the European tour in strokes gained, uh, which is right ahead of Guido. Doesn't drive it far, but he is accurate. 19th, that's good. Gains over a half a stroke per round on approach, but the putter is arguably the best weapon. So yeah, pretty pretty much in on, on, on Scriv at this point. Um, and you can subscribe to the, the Run Good Rundown. Um, go check my tweet thread. It's pretty cool. Love being a member of Rick Run Good. Uh, thank you very much. Miggy or Grace in a DFS lineup? I, Grace is pretty sneaky good. I think it's Grace. So, stats seem to suggest that Bryson is a terrible wind player. I don't know what stats you're using, Brad. But the question is, would you agree? And if so, does that concern you? He hits the ball very high. His game is built for America. His game is built for Augusta Nationals, what his game is built for. Um, so yes, it does concern me. What's considered high ownership in this field? I would say 20%, right? I have two guys there right now, and it'll probably be three or four maybe. Um, but yeah, I think anything over 20%, you got to start really considering it 15, 14, all good. Best par three player, believe it or not, I can just tell you that. So let's just do this. I can just do, um, let me clear these best par three player. I'm going to put all my weights on that. I'm going to scroll down. This is the last 36 rounds. Stuart sink. Was that surprising? I think it was Justin Rose, Daniel Berger, John Rom, Webb Simpson. Those are your best par three players in the last 36. Maybe unpopular, but this might be my favorite open venue. That's probably unpopular because St. Andrews is going to get the nod for most people, but I too really like this. 
A lot of Lucas Herbert. I love him. Let's go. Fire it up. We can do we can do a Jason Day. We can do Jason Day here. So um again, I I'm 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 cautiously optimistic about Jason Day because he does what I would want him to do. Be a little short gamey, right? Roll the rock better as he has in the last two weeks, two top 15 finishes. Don't, don't punt it all around the green. He's been pretty good at that recently. Um, and then just try to keep it in play off the tee, which he's been doing. And then the open championship experience uh, certainly goes a long way. Sorry, I wasn't showing you my screen. This is Jason Day right here. Talked about English. I argued he might be the most mispriced guy in the field. Maybe second or third most mispriced guy. Um, I'm not generally a big Shane Lowry fan, but uh, tap uh, hat tip to the guy. He has been, he's been great. I mean, the ball striking has been phenomenal, right? And he's been doing it at difficult golf courses. Look at this one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine consecutive events, gaining strokes on approach. He's piling up good finishes everywhere. Played good at Kiowa, which is probably the closest linksy course we've played recently here in the States. So yeah, fire it up. Hey, Rick, have to say this. I've been holding it in for a while now. I'm in love with you. Will you leave your wife for me? Also, who's your favorite golfer under 6,500? No, I'm pretty happy with my wife. I don't think I will leave her for anybody. So it's not just you, MD. Um, and then 6,500 or lower, I mean, Sam Burns. But uh, if we're going to go in a different direction, there's something about Keith Mitchell and kind of being like a, like a mutter. I wouldn't mind Troy Merritt, although I worry about that. I wouldn't mind Carlos Ortiz either. He's kind of a popper too. It's really tough. I would narrow it down to those guys. Smash the like button. Thank you, Dan. How have you adjusted your custom model as the week went on? Love the show. Yeah, so um, I'm probably... Uh, so I've probably gone with something like this 36 rounds. And I tried to create just a blended, a blended strokes gain total, because I think I, I, I do think that um, it's going to be so important to be, to be well-balanced here. So I went with 20, I probably like, I would do 20 on putting 20 around the green, 15 on approach and 15 off the tee. It's kind of like a blended strokes gain total. Now that leaves me with 70 left. So then I would probably go, um, you know, there's only two par fives, which you could argue then makes them more valuable and you could put weights on that, or you could just go with par fours because there's more of those. So I'll go with 15 on par four scoring. And then, um, I think that I think a lot of the shots are going to come from, and it's again, wind dependent here, but this like 100 to 125 range, I think is going to be pretty key. So I'm going to roll there. And I, my model, if I were creating it today, number one would be can't lay. <sighs> God, every time I run a model, I run every time I run a model for the last six months, Patrick Cantley pops up. John Rom, Abraham Answer, and Cam Cam Tringale. Okay, this is what I think is kind of sneaky. Answer and Tringale might win everybody all the money, right? Like as this week goes on, things start to build. You start looking. Like, could you you could probably play uh, you could probably play this lineup. You could probably play. Uh, maybe not. Cantley, Rom, Answer, Tringale, Kepka, JT. No, you probably couldn't. But there, there's a lineup to be made there. Charlie Hoffman hasn't missed a cut since February. Why is he not higher owned? Um, probably because he just hasn't played as well recently. I agree with you. He's been one of the better, better ball strikers of 2021. No doubt about it. Um, he just hasn't played as well recently. He got added to the field late. That is why he's not more highly owned. I need one more player who is $6,600 max. Um, geez. Catlin? Glover? I don't know. I've talked to a lot of those guys. You'll have to, you'll have to choose which one is you. Driving accuracy is more important this week. Um, sure. I don't know compared to what, but... Yeah, I mean, playing out of shortgrass, always very, very good. Rick, why does it seem like the South Africans seem to always play well in the opens? Um, I think there's, yeah, I think they're just kind of sneaky good. And the fact that, honestly, the flag stands out and people realize it when it's on the leaderboard and they show it, that's a little bit of it. Um, also, I just think that 
I think the South Africans get the benefit of a lot of different type of courses, whether it's the Sunshine Tour, whether it's the European Tour, uh, the Challenge Tour. I just think that they are very prideful in the way that they play the game creatively, and I think it ends up showing well. I've got a couple of minutes here. Unfortunately, I have a pretty hard stop today because there's I got a ton of obligations. So I'm going to have to try to... I mean, a lot of these have already been asked, so I'm not, I'm not that upset by uh, skipping these. Sorry, I'm just reading. Uh, I've answered a lot of these. In this style of play, do you like recent form guys or, and then you didn't finish the question, I tend to always like recent form guys right? Uh, recent form, well-balanced players. Also, I, 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 you, you should have to subscribe to this by the way, <laughs> to get this, but I also tweeted it out. If you're not subscribed to this newsletter, you're probably pretty silly because I put together, here are the, um, every single golfer in the field who gained strokes since the start of 2021, um, in all four categories. I think that is going to be very important this week. So these are sorted by DraftKings price, the guys at the bottom that might be values, Kirk, Glover, Steele, Harmon, and Guido. That's only eight rounds. Guys at the top, Rom, Kepka, DJ, Xander, Spieth, uh, Louis on that list as well. So the, uh, like, I, I really like this style of play. Hey, Rick, do you have a way to filter Brits versus the rest of the field in this tournament? Uh, not easily. You could, I don't know. You could probably select them all in the Holy Grail. I, not, not an easy way. That's pretty good though. Love your show. Keep it up. Thank you. What do you think about a plus 600 bet on the winner not being from US or Europe? Interesting. So you're basically like, Canada, Australia. Why, can, why am I blanking on places that are not U.S. or Europe? Uh, I don't know if I like that. That's so many guys that you have to give up. That's really a lot of guys you have to give up. Is it continental Europe? Sometimes they separate those out. I don't think I like that. How similar to this course is the one played at the Scottish Open last week? Not as much. They used to really try to... Renaissance club is it's fine. You get acclimated to the wind and you get acclimated to the time zone, but they used to really, really, uh, I think do a better job of, of setting it up for what it was going to be like, but no, where did you get that hat with the loud sign on it? Yeah. So, uh, it's from McEwen golf MCW or MCEWAN. Um, they make the sickest gear. How are you able to see ownership before lock? It's a, a huge giant conspiracy that I uh, have access to this. No, this is these are my projections. They're all just projections. Over the years, you get better at at what you think this is going to be. These are projections. These are not what the ownership is going to be, but hopefully very close. Just getting here. Still high on Kepka. Yep. What do you think about match play winners being a good corollary to the open winner? I'm not sure where you're going here, but Austin Country Club's kind of elevation-y where you kind of get some awkward lies in the fairway. So is Augusta. So is Kapalua. Uh, who's won all three of those? Jordan Speed. I've been, is there, so is there a sweet spot or time frame for capturing recent form? Uh, 24 to 36 rounds for me has been very useful. It's enough that it's not just noise, uh, but it's not so long-term 24 is usually my go-to, but I do like 36 as well. Best two player combo for cash. Oof, I don't know if you want my answer here, but, uh, probably can't lay if it's Patrick. Um, oh boy, this is tough. So it's Kepka Burns, Cantley Fitzpatrick, or Ustay's an answer. So safety, 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 safety. Ustay's an answer. I think that's right. What is your cut line guess? Oh boy. Um 
if the winning score is going to be like six under, so cut line would be like four over. I don't know. But join me for the Cut Sweat Show on Friday, tentatively 2 p.m. Eastern time. That might change. Not sure you realize this, but you had a Brooks question answer and you early answered it like it was a Bryson question. <laughs> That's awesome. I did not know I did that. Oh boy, I got to go. I got to go. I got other obligations. Let's see what's going on here. Um, I know, I know. My wife is giving me, she's she's pointing at her watch. I know, I know, I know. I'm coming. I, let me just see here. I've answered all these, so I, don't, I guess I don't feel as bad leaving. All right. Yeah, I think I'm out of questions. I think that's good. All right, listen, thank you very much. I hope that was very valuable. I've got uh, some things I've got to run to. Hit the like button on your way out. 8.15 p.m. Eastern time tonight is the Jock Market Power Hour. There is a, a cut sh- sweat show on Friday. Go to my Twitter, at Rick Rungood. Click on the content thread. Everything is there. Subscribe to the newsletter. Sign up for rickrungood.com. Kiss your children. Hug your parents. Like, whatever. Have a great pet your dogs. Goodbye.